I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I'm no, not you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who we have tonight? Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. Bowling Green was unique in many ways. That's where we caught Lauren Armstrong and so many other iconic predators. But it's also where we caught a fellow by the name of James Travis Fowler. Fowler is interesting. You may know him if you follow these predator investigations by his nickname, Lurch, and I'll get into that in a moment. But there's so much more about Fowler that is interesting to me. And so it is that James Travis Fowler is the focus of this episode of Predators I've Caught. I'm Chris Hansen. James Travis Fowler was 34 years old when he started chatting with a perverted justice decoy who said she was 13. Fowler makes no mystery of what he wants. He wants sex. He wants to pleasure and be pleasured. And I'll get into the transcripts in just a minute. But Bowling Green was a fascinating investigation to me. We had a big home in the suburbs. We had multi-jurisdictions working in the case, police, feds, state. And it was very professionally run. We never did a predator investigation in a house of this size. I mean, literally, we had room for a production suite in the basement. We had the living room set up for the confrontations with the predators. We had multiple other rooms where different parts of the team could be. And a couple of things stick out from this investigation. One, you know, some of these predators were so impressed by the house that they wanted to either take their shoes off or wipe their feet or not dirty the walkway into the house because it was so nice, yet they had no problem at all sexually assaulting a child. Always struck me as strange. We had a number of other incidents that occurred. One guy didn't walk out of the house. He went back in after the taser didn't work. He didn't follow the police officer's commands, and that was uh, 
quite a scene. We'll get into that in a future episode. But it was James Travis Fowler who really stuck out to me. I mean, besides Lauren Armstrong, and we'll get into the relationship between Lauren and Fowler in a minute. But Fowler, as I mentioned earlier, was chatting online and, and listen to what he said. He pretty quickly turns the chat sexual. And there's no doubt that he's chatting with a 13-year-old girl. He says, hey, to the decoy, you like casual fun? Um, I guess. What's your ASL? He says, um, I'm Natty, 13, female, Kentucky. Okay. So right away, he knows that he's talking to a 13-year-old. And then he, you know, acknowledges that it may not be appropriate to even have the chat. He says, hey, I'd love to talk, probably. Pretty, but I'm 34. Meaning that she's pretty, but he's 34, much older. This is illegal, of course, to even chat. Decoy says, so I chat with all ages, long as you stop being a jerk. Kind of winking. He says, I chat to find casual fun. I'm sorry. I'm not sure what you mean, says the decoy. I think chatting's fun. He says, that's why I'm on here, to enjoy and have pleasure. Oh, she says. Yeah, it works. I do. I don't want to get in trouble, say the wrong thing. Jeez, it's just chat, dude. D-O-O-D. Once again, he says, I like to pleasure people and be pleasured. I just don't chat, I meet. And then just minutes later, he gets very specific. He's using the screen name, you want to come and get me 2005. Well, it's pretty clear what that means. He introduces the idea of getting together. You ever had a time you ever wanted to meet anybody before? She says, nobody ever asked me to. Well, I would, but it's against the law. Once again, admitting, acknowledging that what he's doing is illegal. You're 13, I'm 34. I would hurt your private. I think you know what that means. When you have sex, he continues, it will be too big to go into the part you pee from. Now, besides being just dopey, stupid, and offensive, there's another way to look at somebody who says something like that, which is he's grooming. He's trying to find language that a 13-year-old would understand. He's talking in a childlike manner to get her confidence. He asks if she had a boyfriend and what he did to her. He didn't try to be kissing and stuff with you? Yeah, we did, LOLZ. Kissing's fun, says the decoy. Then he gets right into it. Okay, didn't penetrate yet? Y'all had sex? Did you give him oral sex? I'll not use the exact language here as not to offend. She says she broke up with her boyfriend. Talks about using protection so she doesn't get pregnant. Then he says, well, it depends on how slow the man goes. How considerate. But mine is too big for yours, he says. I bet your P word is tight. I don't know, LOLZ. For mine, he says. Gosh, I think I feel like I want to talk, he says. Continuing, he says, but I feel I'm doing something wrong. 
I'm sure we both enjoy it, but everything ever happened, I got to go to jail. If I got caught. Now, you'll find out later that he's very familiar with the kind of investigation we're conducting, the kind of investigation that he's now surfaced in. He gives the decoy his number, asks her to find some pics that he can look at in between this chat and the time he actually shows up at our sting house. Over and over again in the chat, he makes it clear what he wants to do, saying things like, I like to pleasure people and be pleasured. I just don't chat, I meet. I want to know if I meet you, you will let me pleasure you. He also turns on his webcam and shows the decoy, again, who said she's 13, his penis. A day later, Fowler drives one hour and 42 minutes from his location, where he lives with his girlfriend, to meet the 13-year-old. After he walks in, Casey the decoy tells him to relax, have a seat in one of those big fluffy chairs. Listen to the conversation between the two of them. Look at this, we got these sweet new chairs, sit down. It's so cool, it has like a massager in it. If you push those buttons, yeah. I got him to sit in the chair and I was just sitting on the edge of my chair. That's pretty cool, right? That's wild. <laughs> And then out of nowhere, he just stood up and started heading towards me. Do you want me to get you something to drink? He was definitely headed towards me for something. And then all of a sudden, without notice, Fowler, big tall guy that he is, stands up and starts heading towards Casey. And he's pretty quick about it, too. And obviously, she's feeling nervous and somewhat menaced. So I'm watching from the room behind her and I come out immediately with the transcripts and once he sees me he completely backs off and sits down and now he's trying to figure out who I am but he's got a pretty good idea take a listen have a seat right over there where you work please no. what's happening please stop what's going on now at first I stand behind the big chair where I'm supposed to be sitting eventually it's a way to have a little bit of security and to sort of get a feel for the situation. It didn't appear that Fowler was gonna charge me or become violent in any way, but you never know. So I let him sit down. I see his shoulders slump. I can tell by his body language that he's probably not gonna try anything, at least initially. And I begin the interview. I thought this was never gonna happen. You thought this is never gonna happen? Yeah. And what do you think this is? It's not, it's not good. Those were classic lines. You thought, what was never going to happen? He says, nothing good. Well, he knows that he's on to catch a predator because later he admits that he's seen the show. He never thought it was going to happen to him. And the other things he admits are quite stunning in his interview with me. Besides the admission that he came there for sex with this girl besides admitting that he knew the girl was 13 he actually says to me and later to a police detective interviewing him that his girlfriend with whom he lived knew he was heading out for sex but he had told her that he was just going to meet an adult couple 
to have a menage a trois. Aren't they the lucky ones? Take a listen. Now, what was your plan here tonight? Have a, have a, have a time. Have a fun time? Yeah. With a girl who told you she was how old? I think it was uh, 13. And how old are you? 34. He says he drove an hour and 42 minutes to get here. And during that drive at all, did you think, man, this is a bad idea? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Shouldn't turn around. Should have thought about it. Have you met other people before on the internet? Sure, consent. I mean, everybody's old, you know, that I've never done this before. What What made you decide to do this for the first time tonight? You know what? Wow, it crossed my mind. I've seen this show, and I'm like... You've seen which show? This one. This show? Yeah. He admits to me that he had second thoughts during his long drive over. Even pondered the possibility that this could be that show. But he came anyway. Now, as you listen to what he has to say, as I did on that night in October of 2007 in Kentucky, it's clear that Fowler's not the brightest guy who's surfaced in one of my predator investigations. But that doesn't make him any less dangerous. It doesn't make the act any less criminal. He is without a doubt a dangerous predator. What was your reaction when you when you've seen the show before? Man, it was bad. It's just it's just bad. That's bad. To say. What the people were doing was bad. Yeah. Now you say here that you like to pleasure people and be pleasured. Yeah. Now you know this is a thirteen year old girl. Yeah. You talk about how having sex for the first time may be painful for the girl. And then you sent these pictures. Yeah. You ever been in trouble before? You have been. Yeah. What was the actual criminal charge against you? Having sex with a minor. Having sex with a minor. Yeah. Okay. After admitting to me that what he was going to do was quote unquote bad, you heard him say something to that effect. He makes another admission that's quite shocking. When I ask him if he'd ever done this before, he admits he had, and I'm thinking he's going to talk about other adult relationships. But it turns out that several years before he showed up in our predator stinghouse, Fowler had pleaded guilty to having sex with a minor. That's right. He was a convicted sex offender when he walked in to our investigation. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. He claims that having sex with that underage girl all those years before was just a big misunderstanding that she had showed him ID that said she was 18. Now, I'll leave it up to you as to whether or not you should believe that. He is pretty honest about the trouble he's in. Well, you've seen the show before, so you know that, that this is about the time where I need to tell you who I am. I'm Chris Hansen, and I'm with Dateline NBC. Yeah. And this is to catch a predator. Yeah. The camera crews come out after I tell him precisely who I am, and he seems to know what's going to happen next. He's in no hurry to leave the luxury home because, well, he's aware police are waiting for him. Sheriff's office, come on down. Come on. Chad's off where he's I see palms, palms. All the way down. All the way down. Come on. 
He doesn't put up any resistance and is arrested, taken down to the interrogation room where he speaks to a female detective and again, essentially admits to everything he's done. He even talks about a previous young girlfriend with whom he lived, who was 18. He can't remember her name. Listen to the conversation for a bit between the police detective and Fowler. And what were your intentions when you got here? I was intentions to be pleasurable and pleasure her, but I, I might not have done the actual penetration. I just, I just wanted to see how it went. That's all, you know. Okay. Now you're gonna have to define pleasurable for me. Felicia, having the lady have pleasure below and likewise, I guess. He says he lives with his girlfriend and her five-year-old son. Does she know uh, you chat? Yes, but she didn't know about this. I told her it was a couple. A couple? A couple, two people, a man and a woman. That you were coming to see? Yeah. For what? I have pleasure with couples. So she knows that you travel to have relationships. He tells the agent about his prior conviction for sex with a minor, says he got probation. But later he was arrested for not reporting to his probation officer. So I went back and done 37 days in the pen in Delaware. It turns out that Fowler had gotten probation for that earlier offense, but then violated it and served 37 days in jail. He was going to serve a lot more because of surfacing in our investigation. You lived with this girl and you didn't know her name. I've had a lot of girlfriends. Well, I'm sure you have, Travis, but I want to know this one's name. I don't know. I can see her face, but I just, I can't picture her name. How long did she live with you? A couple months. Fowler actually got one of the longer sentences of any of the predators. 57 months in federal prison and then seven years from the state of Kentucky for his arrest in our investigation. So in other words, he had a parole violation, he traveled across state lines, and he committed the crime in our case. So seven years he served. Uh, the first bit he did in the federal prison, I guess went okay for him as far as prison time could go, but when he transferred out, it became very difficult. He actually wrote a letter to the judge in the case asking to be transferred. And there's some other ironic things about his prison time as well. He actually served some of his prison time with Lorne Armstrong, who later said that he never left his bed, his cell, and was catatonic. And then he sends this letter while he was in prison because he was in and out of protective custody in Warren County which was better for him because once he was out in the general population, they figured out what he had done and why he was in prison. And they gave him a hard time. And apparently he, you know, was mouthing off to the other inmates and they were torturing him. And he says to the judge in this letter, and I'll read you some of it, that he wants to be moved to another institution that might be safer for him. He heard how great Grayson County was. So Fowler is actually begging to be sent there and straight to a protected area so he could start his future 
prison sentence with a clean slate. Listen to what he says. His English is not that great. My name is James Fowler. I'm a federal inmate in custody at the Warren County Jail. I have a reason for making this letter out. Hmm. I have an attorney, he names the attorney, as my federal defender. I have left messages by mail and phone for myself to get moved to Grayson County Jail. I have an impacted wisdom tooth, he says. They won't touch it. They have no adequate care for me, and it's probably abscessed by now. I am not safe here with the security they have. They make you fight to get moved. I have done what I had to do to not fight, but I'm asking for the motion to get seen by the judge. My judge residing over my case. I guess it's residing in his mind, not presiding. Anyway, this letter is sent and not much happens. And finally, Fowler finishes his time for this crime. And then he moves to North Carolina. Now you'd think a fellow like that would think about going straight, but no, no, not Fowler. He gets into trouble again in 2014. Now he moves to North Carolina and he's a registered sex offender. And what does he do? He goes with a woman to a school program. So Fowler shows up at an elementary school in Brunswick County. And at the time he was 42 and he's got to show his license to get into this school program. Now he's with a woman whose child is apparently performing in this elementary school program. And he's got to swipe his license in this electronic visitor verification system that the school has. And good for the school for having that because guess what? The alarm goes off because he's a registered sex offender. He's not allowed to be at or near a school. So what is called the Identikid system, which logs visitors in and out, gives them a temporary identification sticker and scans the driver's license or any other state identification. And he alarmed, so he's arrested. And he goes back and serves more time in 2014. Gets out, and as far as we know, Fowler has not reoffended. He is married, he has two chihuahuas, and is an aspiring country music singer. I reached out for Fowler to see if he'd talk to me about any of this. Some of these guys don't keep cell phones for a very long time, and such is the case with James Travis Fowler. I was unable to reach him. And I can tell you one thing, though, through the research. He does have his own YouTube page, in case you care. It's called JT Country Rock, featuring Fowler and his wife. He joined YouTube in 2017. He's got some videos on his page, a couple thousand views on one of them. One talks about Joe Biden's in custody. He's apparently attending some sort of a QAnon rally. Nothing at all that I can see on the YouTube page that talks about his arrest or his previous contacts with the law. But if you want to check it out, it's JT Country Rock, 1972. You hope somebody like 
Fowler would eventually go straight after all that he's been through, after all the danger he posed to children. You just have to wonder if that's possible. You hope so. As far as we can tell, all the proper precautions have been put in place in terms of probation, registration as a sex offender, and monitoring. So hopefully that's enough. And to James Travis Fowler, if you hear this, as is the case with all the predators I've caught, I'd like to hear from you. Like to have you on the show. See what's happened to you since your arrest. As you know, on the program here, I like to hear from everybody who listens. And so people, and a lot of people are doing this now, which is great, are sending in their their audio questions. This week's question is from Corey in Richmondville, New York. Hey, Chris, this is Corey from Richmondville, New York. And I had a question for the podcast, but before I ask it, I just wanted to say I really enjoy the new intro you did for the last episode with a South Bay guy. I was just bored. And my question is, have you ever had pizza delivery people or mail delivery people show up to the predator houses while you guys were investigating? I was thinking about that while I was watching one of your episodes on YouTube, and I just thought it'd be an interesting question. Anyway, I love all you do, and thank you. Well, first of all, Corey, thank you for the compliment on the new open. We like to keep our production value high in this podcast, and it's very helpful to have that and your feedback. Have we ever had a food delivery fellow show up at the Predator House during an investigation? Not that I can recall. When we do these investigations, once we begin, we're pretty buttoned up. So any food that we need for that day is already in the house or in the hotel or whatever location we're using. Anytime you have somebody coming or going, it just allows somebody to talk about what's happening and perhaps alert people or scare people off. So we really haven't had that happen. I mean, I think maybe we've seen some pizza delivery guys at neighboring homes, but nobody ever come to one of our houses. That's something we try to prevent. Once we get started, we like to keep it as low profile as possible. If you don't have your snacks in your pocket or it's not already in the fridge, you're not having it until the end of that day's shoot. Anyway, Corey, thanks very much for checking in. We've had a lot of people want to hear about Lauren Armstrong, another iconic predator from the Bowling Green, Kentucky investigation, and we're working on that as we speak. In the meantime, if you want to reach out to me, you can do so at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening. You can also find me on Have a Seat with Chris Hansen on YouTube, Discovery Plus, a couple series there, and on Cameo. I'll chat with you in another week about the next predator I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. <laughs>